Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast. This week, we have some topics that we will go through. It's not so much a shoot the shit like last week. But before we go anywhere, I have to, you know, I've been riding this train the last couple weeks. But the Indiana Hoosier football team, Chris, is 6-1 and and they're in the top 10. It's it's a miracle. It's a magical season. Leo. Uh, I've been playing Red Dead too. Thanks for the input. Now back to your regular schedule. That's all the sports will do, I promise, because Chris doesn't know a damn thing about sports. But yes. Why would you ambush me like that? I, you know, funny, funny times. Just can't believe you, you would betray my trust on our nerd media oriented podcast and bombard me with your not not even not even a good sport but basketball it was actually football but <laughs> fuck <laughs> nice try football or basketball did start so that'll be here i get to watch i you give me a heart attack every game they play most likely but who knows you know the big Ten's just really good this year so we'll see what happens you know i don't know but we're not talking about sports this week uh, and we're kind of just going to go through some things that have happened this week. Some things I want to just kind of talk about and yeah, we're just going to kind of go with the flow, baby. Not just shoot the shit where it's random stuff. We actually have, we have some topics, but, um, to start with, I have finally started playing Hades and, uh, yeah. it's really good. Kind of addictingly. You, you and Nathan, you and Nathan both finally taking one of my suggestions and playing a good game. Well, so like I was just this past week, I'm just I sit on my computer and go, I I need something to do. Like I'm bored, and I'm, which is a crazy statement in the year 2020. But um, <laughs> so yeah, I was finally like, ah, screw it, I'll play it. It's on all these nominations, nominated for a boatload of stuff on the Game Awards. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um. And so yeah, I dove, I dove in, and it's pretty dope. Um, I, it's probably a really good game, specifically to kill some time before Cyberpunk comes. Oh out. yeah, because well, I'm get I'm finally getting to the point where a run takes more than like five minutes because <laughs> I don't die immediately. But uh, I just unlocked the punchy gauntlets. Those things seem wild. <laughs> yeah, that that's my favorite weapon. I uh, I just had my best run with the bow which was surprisingly because when i first used the bow i didn't like it too much because i just didn't like how you moved how your movement had to be to use it but um when you you attach some zeus and artemis boons boy you hit hard um what what so your go-to were the gauntlets yeah uh the gauntlets or the shield okay yeah i Uh, like the shield too I've had a couple good runs with the spear, but otherwise, I think I've done exactly three runs with the bow. Yeah, I didn't and like that, it. At that's first. having played like I don't know, like fifty runs, maybe more. It's kind of if you build it. Well, I guess this is a dumb thing. If you build it right, which I feel like is every weapon in that game, <laughs> uh, it can do some serious damage. And I was kind of surprised, but um, I'm I'm looking forward to keeping keep playing. Are the how many? Mini bosses are there before you fight Hades? Uh, three. Okay. There, there are there are four areas, and three of them have bosses. Before Hades is the final boss. Yes. Okay. So I because the the last area is kind of a, a gauntlet. Okay, so then I t- 
technically got about halfway through because I got to the second boss. And then, the bow and hydra. Yeah, which um, the bow kind of just wrecks at the beginning because she doesn't move or it doesn't move. And I'm just like, pew, pew, pew. And then it spawns the little minions. And I was like, oh, shit. Now there's a lot of stuff on screen. Help me. Um, but, yeah, it's really good. And I'm – I love the art style too. I'm, I wish I had taken your advice sooner and <laughs> played it before now. But, you know, yeah. better for, late for than never. For being a roguelike, there, there is a surprising amount of content packed into that game. So even if it's like the kind of game you could pick up and just do a run real quick and then put it back down, uh, there there's a lot to do, and you're definitely not going to finish it before Cyberpunk comes out, because I, I also still haven't finished it, but your definition of finishing Hades is kind of weird. But uh, progression in that game is kind of like an avalanche, uh, partly because it's a roguelite where you are upgrading constantly, so every run you do is progress in a sense. But I felt like... Like, I got to Hades probably five or six times before I was actually able to beat him. And then after that, I, I hit him, like, four times in a row beating him. It, it It's an avalanche. Once you make progress, you're consistently making that progress. Yeah, I was amazed at how much damage I did to Meg. Is it Meg? Is that yeah. what they call her for short? After I beat her the first time and I got to her with the bow. And the bow just, I was shredding. I was like, oh, my God. What the hell's going on? This did not happen the time before. But, yeah, I I wish I'd gotten into it more so I could have beaten it before Cyberpunk. But, yeah, next next weekend's going to be, like, all Cyberpunk all the time. <laughs> yeah, lucky you. Yeah, well... Cyberpunk coming out is going to be a fucking tragedy. Because I've been playing, I've been playing Red Dead pretty consistently the last couple weeks trying to get through the story and and i will have the story done before cyberpunk comes out so like the the way we record this podcast based on my work schedule we do this effectively on my friday morning and then i go to work and so that it's immediately my weekend so i got one more weekend with red dead where i'm gonna finish the story immediately and then i don't know if i'm going to do any side quests or anything i might jump back into hades and then when my weekend is over cyberpunk is going to come out and then i have to work the entire week before i could sit down and really play cyberpunk so cyberpunk is going to drop 7 p.m and i'm gonna have four hours to play before i have to go to work and i'm gonna spend all four of those hours in the character creator (laughs) gotta customize your balls man (laughs) i can't wait for that i hope they have like you can change what shape your dick is that would be amazing i yeah i'm super interested in all the options there are for it because i i don't know how much people have covered the character creator and i i've kind of done a decent job not even trying of not seeing a lot of coverage on cyberpunk so i'll still be going in blind to a lot of stuff and i wonder how far you can push the boundaries of how v is designed because i i want it to still look enough that i can take the story seriously i don't want to make a monstrosity but i want to make him unique as well you know you don't want to do one of those uh fallout 4 characters where people were just <laughs> right. like i can make an alien and you're like okay but why like you either hit the slider all the way to one side because haha funny or you hit the random button yeah i i don't i don't really get why people do that on their first character in a game like is if the appearance 
actually impacts any sort of gameplay, I could see it. Kind of like how uh, I think it's in Fallout 3, where if you put your intelligence at 1, you can't speak. Like, all your dialogue <laughs> options are just sounds. Like, that's funny. I like that, because that's, <laughs> uh, that's an interesting thing to put in to influence gameplay. But if it's yeah, just like... Especially for an RPG. Yeah, but if it's just like, oh, I look like Mr. Meeseeks, look at me. Okay, congratulations. Yeah. I love it when a game allows me to play a fat character. Hardly any games let you put any chub on your characters. Like, uh, Dark Souls has a bunch of different body types, but they're all, like, you know, kind of muscly in their own way, even if they're kind of muscle gut. Uh, Saints Row is the only game I think I've played that has had satisfying fatness sliders. And even though that's just because Saints Row is kind of a joke. But, you know, I want to be able to make unique characters. I want to be able to build a character that I can name and have their own story. And uh, games often don't let me customize body type as much as I would like. That's because you don't play enough sports games. You're right. Because you can make some straight abominations in sports games. (laughs) Where it's just like you can give them a normal torso and then you make their thighs like the size of semi-trucks. And you're just like, (laughs) but why? (laughs) So, yeah, Cyberpunk hype, man. It's going to be... It's gonna be great. I'm not. Yeah, I, yo, know, I'm looking forward to it even just as my first CD Projekt game. Cause I've never even played a Witcher game, oh. but I love CD Projekt as devs. So I'm excited to jump into, like, uh, what what is effectively their style. Cause I, I don't I don't even really have a first hand account of it. It's really just solid, open world RPG games with great graphics. Like that's, that's it. I don't, I don't know. If they've made anything other than the Witcher games? No, they have not. So it's just those? It's only been 1, 2, and 3 Witcher. Wow, okay, yeah. And I mean, they're... I played the Witcher 1 well after it came out. So probably like two years ago is when I first played it. And, I mean, it looks like spaghetti, but (laughs) it... You can still appreciate the kind of detail and the game structure and quest structure that was there even though it was really old, you're like, wow, okay, I could put myself in the shoes of playing this when it came out, and this would have been really good. So I'm I'm really excited to see how they take this new world and put their... I mean, if it's as dense as like what The Witcher 3 was, god damn, this game's going to be incredible. Yeah, that's probably the thing that I'm most excited about, honestly, is just because of the way cyberpunk the genre as a space exists. There's a lot of talk about Night City not only being dense, but being vertical. And that is not something I think is explored often enough in almost every aspect of video games. Uh, Because even like first-person shooters, I've always loved when devs would take a chance and make a vertical map, like Sword Base and Halo Reach. Mm, Yeah. Or or like boarding action in Halo 1 even. Uh, nobody, nobody does anything vertical. It's all laid out flat. But vertical is really interesting for design, and I don't think enough people take a chance. Right. And to do that in an open world game, I'm so excited. You need to play Apex, baby, because it's all the <laughs> new map is all about verticality. Because it's oh, like hell yeah. There's not a lot of it's weird because there's not a lot. There's not as many buildings as were in the last one, but the sections are just 
like some are low, some are high. You could be in one area where if you have the high ground, you have a huge advantage. And you could, by high ground, I mean like you'd be the equivalent of like five stories higher than people on the ground, but you could still shoot at them. Like the way elevation plays into the new map on Apex, I think is very interesting and it great. It has a lot of influence on how you should approach each gunfight, which I think is really cool. Dope. Well, I think uh, before we fall into a cyberpunk hype hole, because we absolutely could, uh, we should probably move on to some of our quicker news before jumping into our deeper topics. Okay, but before we do that, <laughs> okay, who do you what what backstory do you plan on playing? Oh, I'm gonna be a street kid. Okay, I think I'm gonna be a corpo. No question about that. Which, like, I, I wish, I, I kind of want to make my cyberpunk tabletop character in the game, mm. but I know that that character, A, I'm probably not going to be able to design him, because again, no fat sliders, and B, that character is specifically a netrunner, which is not going to be something you can only invest in in the game, because you're pretty much a solo no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, and his character would just be weird in that environment anyway. So I think it'd be disingenuous to design him in Cyberpunk. So I don't know what I'm going to go with yet. But definitely, backstory-wise, Street Kid. I'm going to be a fucking street rat. Nice. I I want to try all of them at some point, but I'm, I'm a little slut, so I think I'm going Corpo first. <laughs> <laughs> I and any Anybody who talks to me while I'm playing Cyberpunk and they're a Corpo, uh, I'm just going to yell that they're a fucking narc. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> another friend was telling me that they were gonna be a corpo, but like they're gonna they're gonna turn coat and take them down from the inside. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, you fucking narc. I don't even. Yeah. I, do you think there'll be some like thing that shows like, oh, pick this. Here's an overview of what this will be like. Or do you think it's just pick one and then you f- figure it out? Uh, I'm sure there'll be a little bit of, of an overview, but I'm not even sure how much that's going to factor in beyond your intro quest. True, true. And maybe maybe some base stat influence, but yeah, uh, I, yeah I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'll be interested to see, because I'm not like sold on being a corpo. I was either corpo or street kid. I don't care much for the, like the, no, is it the nomad? Is that yeah. The, yeah I, I don't really care much for that one, but I, I want to see it at some point. But, I'm assuming yeah. they will give you an overview if it will affect base level stat boosters, starting equipment, or, you know, where you start the game at. But beyond that, it probably won't matter too much. Yeah. It'll be kind of interesting if it would be as if in Witcher 3, if you could pick what Witcher school you're in. Yeah. Because that would affect, in a sense, how you played, since the Witcher schools have different fighting styles. But Oh, okay. So yeah, so if they do, if it's something like that, but in Cyberpunk, that'd be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. But we'll just have to wait and find out now, won't we? Like I bet, I bet a Nomad starts with a, a double barrel shotgun and a pistol. Street Kid will just start with a basic Militech pistol, and then Corpo might start with some high level Arasaka shit. Yo, that would be sweet. So, those, those are some some Cyberpunk gun manufacturers for you. Yeah, I'm like, what? Who? <laughs> <laughs> but. I think I think the Japanese one is Arasaka. Okay, but we digress. On to some of the other little bits of news. Um, we just saw this right before we started recording, and I think it's hilarious. But apparently, Floyd Mayweather has announced that he is going to fight Jake Paul. Which, I mean, God, I hope he does. I, I, the, I know Jake Paul can box. 
but I'm pretty sure the man Jake Paul's got like 30 pounds on Mayweather and a couple inches. A couple inches. I'm pretty sure Jake Paul's like 6'2". How tall is he? <laughs> let me let me see. Because Mayweather's only 5'8". He's 6'1". So he's got like five inches on him. <laughs> like He's huge. Yeah, I saw the footage of the, the last fight Jake Paul did, which you said was against a basketball player, right? Yes. So, Nate so Jake Paul... Jake Paul kind of rocked him, and it's like, you know, as much as the hip thing to hate on Jake Paul is, and I absolutely do, uh, to an extent, i got to give the man props. He seems to be putting in the time to get good at this thing that he wants to be good at. But at the same time, he's still pretty much a novice, and now he's going to get in the ring with Mayweather? Shit. Yeah, I mean, Nate Robinson was a former basketball player, so he I don't think he had any formal training in boxing. He just got into the ring and was like, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> I think I could be wrong, but that's what I thought it was. And Jake Paul, I'm pretty sure, has had boxing training for quite a few years. Like I know he's a novice, but getting formal training in boxing is going up against someone who's never trained. Um, yeah, you should probably beat their ass, even if they're a athlete who competed at the highest level of their sport. Yeah, and and like Jake Paul's, I mean, you're not going to get in the ring if you don't have some athleticism, but you don't get that ripped only doing YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah. So it'll be it, I might have to buy that fight, and if he also <laughs> fights McGregor, which it sounds like you were saying that they were talking shit to each other too. Yeah, it was like right after he took down. Uh, you his name was Nate Robinson. Yeah, yeah. It, I I think it was even in the ring, like on camera, after he put down Nick Robinson. Jake Nate. Paul like called out uh, McGregor. <laughs> That's like, I, I forget what he said, but he was basically like, I want to fight McGregor. That's crazy. But I mean, he's still got, well, he doesn't have as much size. He's got like three inches on. And I know height isn't everything, but like, Jake Paul's a, wait, is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul? Uh-oh, did I get it wrong? No, it's, it's Jake Paul. It's Jake Paul. God, I always get them both confused. Uh, Nothing I've said would change regardless. Yeah. But, man, that... That money that that fight's gonna make some money. <laughs> That's gonna make Jake Paul a shit ton of money. Jesus. But yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. We wanted to just throw that in there. Um another little bit of news that I thought was very interesting because I've I don't think I've ever seen um the effects of someone doing cocaine through YouTube before. <laughs> but the uh Hollow the second generation of Hololive Indonesia, I believe it was indonesia right yeah i think so uh launched and ollie is like watching crack in person like good lord that that street that debut stream was nutty yeah she's blowing up because of it the girl can speak three languages fluently and jump between all three of them just from that i was like holy crap (laughs) <laughs> she some one of the one of the other hololive senpais was in there and she <laughs> in her stream she was like i'm dead and just took her avatar away and put a gravestone up midstream <laughs> and then popped back in and i was just like oh when's the next stream because i'm 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 in i'm in i it's only been a few days since then she's already got 200k subs yeah it's crazy like i'm so far down the vtuber rabbit hole now that I mean, at first I wasn't as into most of the English ones. I really was just like, oh, I like Gura a little bit. 
And now I like all of them. They're all fantastic. And them and then Hachima is just the greatest cursed streamer I've ever seen. Because her shit is some next level cancer. <laughs> like she that cover for uh what the actual what's the actual name of that song? It's just Country Roads. Country Roads. That her cover of Country Roads is so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. But it's in such an endearing way. Oh yeah, because she I I oh, she's trying her damnedest to sing it in English, and I'm just like, bless your heart. But man, did you know oh, Gura Gura sang it too on her stream because she did oh, a, shit. she did a stream where she just did songs. That is how I figured out she is fluent in Japanese and probably is Japanese as a first language and English as a second because she sang only a couple English songs and most of them were Japanese songs. And I was like, damn, girl, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool how much Hololive and VTubing in general has blown up in only the like two months since Hololive EN premiered because – Gura immediately shot up to be the most subscribed content producer from Hololive. Which is like crazy. by far. She's got 1.5, over 1.5 million subs now. It's only a matter of time before she hits 2 million. And that's like, I don't know if there's anyone else in Hololive currently that has even a million. I mean, that's just crazy as a YouTuber in general. Yeah. Like, that's crazy fast growth. And then because of that engagement with, you know, an entire other millions of audience uh, that is transferring to the other girls where people like you get on the train with Hachima or Coco and now the Indonesia reveal. And uh, it it just, it, you know, the more they do collabs and the more other people get involved in the brand, it uh, it drives up the engagement with everyone else. And, yeah. Uh, and because of that, now Niji Sanji is starting an English branch. A uh, new independent VTuber company, V Shoujo, has started. Is, for is that who Nianner the... started or joined up with? Yeah, 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 yeah. So V Shoujo is like Nianner's Project Melody, Iron Mouse, Silver Veil. Yeah. Um, and uh, a few others that they have streamed with and even a couple of new ones that are debuting alongside that company. Uh, it, it's really cool to see this industry grow, honestly. Yeah. Like from the start to see it, continue to get bigger and you know i don't want to say more mainstream because something like oh, no. this will never be mainstream yeah uh, i think the it could popularity eventually. Uh, sure eventually but like as it is now oh yeah. i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna bring up vtubing with my dad i might just because he'd be like <laughs> just because he'd be like what no <laughs> and then I, I do it for the lulls but it, it is crazy how i mean and it was Gura. Gura was the main Hololive English one that just exploded because, yeah. oh, I mean, Watson's probably, I'd say Watson's probably the second biggest or Cali. I think it's Cali. Between Watson and Cali, it's two and three, pretty close. And then the other two, not as much. But uh, who's the uh, squid girl? Uh, Ina. Ina. I've really started enjoying her. Because she's the one I was always trying to figure out when they did collabs, who the one who just be like <laughs> all the time, and and then I watched a stream of just hers, and it's her, and I was like, oh, 
Okay, yeah. I'm in. And that's another thing is like, you know, I don't know how much streaming experience any of the girls had prior to Hololive, but I feel like in the couple months they've all found their niche and even people that were kind of lukewarm on people like uh, Ina or uh, Kiara, uh, they're starting to realize, you know, what their niche is and how they can be enjoyable and yeah. they themselves are getting more comfortable on stream and finding their own characters um, cause I was kind of lukewarm on Callie for a minute, but the more I watch yeah, her streams, she's growing on me and I'm sort of like her more than Gouda. Oh yeah. I'm, I, she's moving her way up too on, I, I just like, I'm, I, it hit me this last week where I was just like, wow, I kind of like all of them a lot more than I first, at first, at first I was just like, oh yeah, they're, it's cool that they're doing this. And then I'm like, wait, they're actually really freaking entertaining. Like that's the thing at the end of it is that I think it's because they're playing characters and it's not normal streamers where it's like, oh, here's a dude playing video games. Cool. Because the only other really character streamer we've had is Dr. Disrespect. Right. And that's the main reason why so many people like him is because they watch him and they know, oh, he's just being an asshole as a character. Now, you could argue whether the dude – I don't know if the guy's an asshole – you could argue potentially he was based on some of the stuff in his personal life, but <laughs> the character itself is entertaining to watch because you know it's a character, and yeah, it's you can just or uh, uh, suspend belief on being like, oh, this is just a real person just playing video games, cool, boring, whatever. When it's just watching a character, it just adds this whole other aspect to watching a streamer that I think can appeal to a lot more people than the traditional stream watcher hot take this is exactly the same kind of appeal as pro wrestling yes no i i I think i think you're pretty right because i mean the main reason you're watching it is because it's just entertaining i think like i i i it baffles me how anyone can not understand vtubing like assuming they understand streaming in general i don't see where the disconnect is to be like oh why are you watching an anime girl like bro it's just streaming as a character yeah that's all it has to be that's where it stops and the whole reason why they're anime girls is because that shit make the money and people simp and also it started in japan yeah well yeah and they they started it but like because yeah i i think i was trying to go somewhere else with that but then my (laughs) my brain went Um, but at the end of it, it's just like, it's a cool looking avatar that isn't really moving, which is fine. Cause that's not the point, but seeing their kind of like shitty facial expressions and match their voice over in something funny that happens in a game is really damn entertaining. Yeah. It would be a dream for me to be able to do VTubing. And I know Niji Sanji opened up uh, auditions for an English branch, and they are looking for any gender. But uh, to come up with a character, that's that's daunting. I yeah. I'm not an ideas guy. Well, I, I'm, I'd be very curious to know how much of that is. Hey, this is the kind of character or the kind of personality I want to go with, and how much they take that and help you design your overall avatar. Because I doubt it's right. like, Gura was like, I want to look like a shark girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because since since the, alias for Hololive, because I don't know much about Niji Sanji, since their generations are often themed, I imagine there is, 
an amount of brainstorming that's like, all right, we need a synergized look. So what is this generation going to be? And then from there they craft it. But yeah, yeah even, even coming up with a persona, that's something I feel like I could keep up with for a few hours of streaming. Because like, if I had to do what Ollie is doing, I wouldn't be able to keep that up. I have to imagine that on some level, these characters are only permutations of the kind of person they already are. True. I think yeah, she just emanates crackhead energy but i don't know if she'll be able to do that all the time because if she does she will never have a stream more than two hours because you would i would be exhausted maintaining that level of energy i mean her debut stream was only an hour and a half because i can only imagine you're just exhausted after that yeah because like even plus with, it looks like uh oh i'm sorry go ahead i say even with like the hollow live english first gen callie's really the only one who kind of regularly maintains her character or references her character in streams I think I mean Watson does a bit Gura does too but Callie seems to be mostly like oh yeah I'm a reaper like every yeah because she uses that to like hide any information about her real identity yeah which is like when she talks about her job it's doing reaping yeah it's pretty smart Uh, it's good and as far as the Niji Sanji auditions go, I was seeing speculation on their subreddit that based on the questions in the audition form, they might be looking for already experienced streamers to pick up. Because I imagine at this point, their thought process is they're trying to play catch up with Holo Live and kickstart their EN branch. So they want someone that's going to be uh, more naturally inclined to being entertaining and garnering an audience to be more immediately successful. That would make sense. But well, I. But I if uh, if Holo Live should ever happen to bring their Holo Stars branch <laughs> to English, then I might think more seriously about putting in an audition. Boy, that'd be wild. I did not think we would spend this much time talking about VTubers <laughs> when I put this on our list of topics, but this was kind of cool. So I guess moving on, <laughs> um, yeah. we got two more. Ma- we got two big things still. I would say to talk about. So I'll go into the- this anime season's kind of fucking boring, <laughs> and I know this is going to be mostly me because, as we mentioned, are you talking about the one that's wrapping up right now? Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I've dropped a lot of shows, mostly because one, there were just too many. Like, holy shit, there were so many, so many shows that you could watch this season. But even among the ones that are still going, like, you know, Jujutsu Kaisen's great because it's new and interesting. It's actually an interesting show. But then, like, some of the other main ones that I'm really into is like Haikyuu and Don Machi and. There's one other one I thought that was a sequel. But, like, those two are the ones where I'm like, yeah, I want to watch these every week. And they're sequel shows. Like, of the new stuff, other than, like, Sleepy Princess and the Demon Castle, I think is what it is. Yeah, Sleepy Princess. That show, ooh, that's great. That one's great. That and Akudama Drive. Like, we have two really good shows that are, like, new. And Jujutsu Kaisen. But the rest of them are just so, like, oh, my God. Bore me to tears. It's just so generic. And I'm kind of... That's just how the whole year's been. So I'm <laughs> I'm very interested to get to our end of year like awards or acknowledgement show with and just to cuz I I want to try and get Casey and Gunner on for that one. Um as I think we've mentioned previously because Casey watches probably just about as much as I do 
and Gunner is the happy medium between me and Casey and Chris, where he'll watch some shows and kind of more watches them at the end of the season. But even though Casey keeps saying that Dogeza's show is like best show of the season, I'm like, maybe I'm not going to have him on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was really enjoying Higurashi this season to the point that I went back and watched the entire original. It's good. That that's a good one where I'm like, okay, I'm. This is interesting. Like, this is a show worth watching. But so, like, goddamn, uh, uh, irregular magical high school is the most boring ass shit. I I finally dropped it. Like the first season wasn't even good. Honestly, like I don't think I don't really get why people like it so much. And then the second season was more the same, just weird shit. And just so many just bland ideas. Even though I say this and then I'm scrolling through the list going, there's still a decent amount of shows I enjoyed, but <laughs> they're so forgettable. It's not, it's kind of, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Plus it's going to be eclipsed even more when the new season starts up. Yeah. Oh. And, and even if, even if the seasons themselves aren't bangers, you're going to watch them because they're all sequels. Oh Yeah. I'm well. I'm just more like I want shows I look forward to watching. I think that's it more than anything. There's not a lot of bad shows. Well, there's there's some bad shows, but most of the shows this season, at least that I'm watching, aren't bad. They're just not like oh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to when this next episode comes out. Like on Friday, I'm like oh, I get new Haikyuu and Don Machi. Yay! I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. And then the only other show that I'm like oh, I can't wait for this to come out is Sleepy Princess. The rest of them. There's still some really good shows, like, you know, uh, Juju Kaisen, I said, uh, Tony Kaku Kawaii, the the one with the banging OP, Akudama Drive even, like, I really enjoy watching Akudama Drive, but I'm not like, can't wait for that next episode. So, I need, I need 2020's anime year to be over, because it's just kind of been like a snoozer. <laughs> but guess, you do know what, and I didn't think about this, you know what came out today, right? Uh, Attack on Titan? Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And the latest chapter came out Friday, or this past week, and shit's happening. It's almost done. (laughs) Which it has to be, because I'm pretty sure the manga is going to end pretty close to when the anime will end. Oh, that'd be pretty dope if that happens. Based on timing, either the anime is going to end first, which would be really weird, or they're going to end, like, almost at the same time. You know, uh, the Akira movie was finished and released before its manga was even done. Well, yeah, I think they talked about that on Trash Taste, I think. And Joey was saying that there's stuff past the movie. Yeah, because uh, the movie has a different ending than the manga ended up having anyway. Oh, And okay. there's just a lot more content in the manga. Because it, it was like a six-volume manga, I think. And the movie only covers maybe half of that stuff. Okay, okay. Oh, shoot. I just saw another thing that I wanted to talk about besides the other big two. So we'll move on again. Um, One thing I wanted to kind of talk about and kind of get some of your input. I don't know how much either of us will have on this, so I'm kind (laughs) of interested. We might not spend much time on this at all, but uh, it got me thinking because this past week – was it this past week? The 2060 Ti graphics card was released. I think it was this past week. You mean 3060? Or 3060, yeah. The 3060 Ti graphics card from NVIDIA dropped. And I tried to get one just because 
I was more curious to see if I could. One, I made the mistake of I was really only trying to get a Founders Edition, and that was a mistake in itself. So <laughs> that made it almost impossible for me to get one. Because I think I could have gotten one off Newegg if I was just trying to get one. Because I think there was a time where I was on Newegg and there were some in stock. But it just got me – well, there's two parts. One, I want to just talk about the systems that are currently set up on how you get any of this new tech on its release date. And two, talk about how stupid some of it is. (laughs) So I I think Best Buy got a lot of shit from people um, on their – how they handled this release because – one, they didn't release it when the official release time was, which if you're trying to do it to get rid of scalpers, okay. But then when you release it so late that everyone knows it's coming, what do you think that does? They're just going to look at you, just you, and go, okay, wait, get your stuff. Now, granted, they had some stuff implemented to where like you could only get one per customer, I believe, and you had to be signed into an account. But the thing that pissed off a lot of people was you could only get it delivered to a store and it was only some stores because I got one in cart like a lot of people did. And then when you go to checkout, it says there's not a store within 250 miles of you that it could get delivered to. Wow, what the fuck? Yeah. So one, why is that even a thing? And because like just have it, because two, just have it be delivered to someone's home. Or any store. So I just thought that go, coming from that, I w- it got me thinking about how I think it's weird. I know that when any of these new tech pieces, whether it be graphics cards or CPUs, drop, there is not a huge supply of them. I get that. It's just the way it works in, in those, which I want to make a point about later. The thing I don't get is why there's not a better system for how someone who wants one gets one. I get you can't well I get but also don't get why you can't just like pre-order it and get put stuff put on back order so that at least you know if you really want one you'd know when you would get it. Mm-hmm. Or that you're in line to get one, not do what I did a little bit and just like have a stock tracker open, see if it says it's in stock and then hope to God you can click on it and get through the purchase thing before it's gone. So it's just, it's interesting that there's not, it's interesting to me that the companies who are retailing all of this and holy shit, I feel like I've been talking for a really long time now. (laughs) um, Don't have any system set up because like in the past, like when we would go to video game releases, it's whoever gets in line first. Like, each store has X amount of stock there, and you line up. First person in line gets it first. But there's no system like that for buying stuff online, and I think that's just weird. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. No, I mean, nothing other than what you've already said. Just that, for whatever reason, in this age now, scalping is even more of a problem than it should ever have been just because everything is done online. Like I, even in the heyday of getting in line for a video game, there would never be 
as much of a big deal as something like a new piece of hardware releasing like a graphics card. And it just sucks that in a time of this enthusiast hobby getting uh, more mainstream within its own niche, uh, just that it's consistently ruined by things like bots and scalpers. It's uh, it's a real tragedy and ruins a lot of the fun of any of these releases. It's hard to get excited because you pretty much know up front that even if you want the thing, you're not going to be able to get it. Yeah, like I, I'm trying to get a new GPU and CPU, so it's like kill me. Um, but I and I know I prob I realistically probably won't get one until I'll be lucky if I get one by the end of January or February, just because by then it's really wait until they announce the next thing and then I might get that one and and I get it because when it comes to tech like this it's not the the materials for it are not readily available and COVID sure as hell has not helped. Mm-hmm. But like, it's still kind of insane to me that they launched this stuff knowing that they are not even going to hit like ten percent of the demand. That's kind of crazy to me that you can release a product with that little supply. Now, granted, I don't know anything about the supply chain on that, and someone could probably tell me why they do it, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." It's still kind of shitty, but it makes sense, and I get it. But yeah, the thing on scalping is crazy because that's what most of it – that's what the big problem was. I saw something um, – I think uh, Linus Tech Tips on one of their podcasts were talking about a thing that – and they were trying to figure out some of it that when the 3080s were released, they sold like 3,000 of them to uh, miners, which is kind of insane. <laughs> Also, just because I don't know how you would get... I don't know how that transaction would happen. But to your point, so many more people are involved in building PCs now than probably have ever been. And so it almost makes getting this newer stuff even harder to get. And I know, as weird as this sounds, when it comes to... It's not just in tech, too, when it comes to, like, scalping stuff. Because I don't, I, as I've told you, don't know if I've said it on the podcast at all. I've kind of gotten back into just casually collecting Pokemon cards. And <laughs> let me fucking tell you about a hobby where people scalp the shit out of stuff. It is almost impossible to get a certain release, like a cards pack release, Champion's Path, because in that one, uh, they released some new Charizard cards. So, you know everyone's like oh my god i gotta get the charizard card but like you can't find any of the packs anywhere and online like the pack the main box usually costs 50 bucks it's like uh 80 minimum if you want to buy it online and that's like on the low end it's crazy just like pokemon cards people are scalping the shit out of them yeah and and now you see on the facebook marketplace uh, similarly related with the new consoles just coming out I have seen PlayStation 5s listed for over $1,000 yeah, on the Facebook I, Marketplace. And that's even just that classic scalping shit. Like, like that's not even people buying with a bunch of bots. It's just a man going into GameStop, getting a PlayStation 5 with the express purpose of turning it around at a 300% markup. Yeah. It would be 200 If it's 1000 It costs Sh- 500 Shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, I just... I wish there was a way 
a, or a, a better way of getting in line for stuff. I think um, there was one of those tech reviewer YouTubers who was talking about some product that on one site where on theirs, what happens is you basically would go in and sign up for a notification of when it's in stock. And by doing that, when they send you that email that it's in stock, I think you said for like eight hours that link is active and like that it, it is yours. So like they're sending a link saying, here's your link to buy it. It's active for eight hours. After that, someone else could buy it kind of thing. And I get that you can't do that on everything, but like, come on, let's, let's move shit forward on how to better, to make the buyer experience better and let more people actually get it get something than having all these bots claim everything it just it kind of it just it just fucks everything up (laughs) and whether or not uh this online buying situation is exacerbated by the pandemic there aren't a lot of stores you can go to anymore to get specifically pc parts because we don't have radio shacks anymore we have a fries electronics and Best Buy, I wouldn't say, is reliable for getting enthusiast PC parts. So that kind of thing is always going to be online purchases. And it's frustrating that nobody in that space is working to make these purchases more secure. Whether or not it's the people making the parts or the big players like Newegg trying to protect the consumer, it's just frustrating. Yeah. I know, I know it would be nice if we had a micro center nearby because I know they're they're probably the biggest named PC part store. And I think the closest one to us is outside of Cincinnati, and that's a smaller <laughs> one. And then there's one in Columbus, and then there's one in Chicago. So it's just like, cool. I don't know so if I want to drive. You, you want to take a road trip to get a graphics card. I'm in. Well, I do it for the CPU because – I've checked the GPUs and I don't know how many, like no one has the 3000 series cards in stock, but some places have the 5600 or the 5600. Yeah. 5600 AMD CPU. I want, there's some places that have that. So like if I found out the one in Columbus or in Cincinnati had it, you bet your ass. I'd be like, okay, I'm going (laughs) to risk it. I'm going to drive four hours to see if they even have it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> by the time i get there i check to see if they have it in stock first but yeah that was just a little thing that i thought was interesting kind of annoyed the shit out of me the other thing yeah. that was funny was i got i had a ch- I almost got an amd processor on amazon um just out of sheer luck i refreshed the page when they had them in stock but when i pushed either buy now nothing happened or if i put it in my cart and then went to check out it would say it's nothing was in my cart which to me means I think meant that uh every, it was just gone like immediately, but it would still let you like it, the the system hadn't caught up with the fact that they were out of stock. But I got close. I got close. <laughs> okay, so the other, you know, we said we had two big topics to get into, and here we are at almost fifty minutes already. Let's do the movie one first, and then. If we don't get to the Game Awards stuff, we can just do a recap next week after the Game Awards happen. Sure. Or we can even Uh, just do it abridged. Uh, So Warner Brothers announced that uh, pretty much their entire 2021 movie slate uh, is going to be available on HBO Max streaming the same day that those movies are available in theaters. 
Uh, on HBO Max, these movies are only going to be on there for a month before they will just finish out their theater run. But uh, really interesting to see that, like, if this was a move they had done in 2020, it would make sense. Uh, but, you know, we at least hope with the advent of a vaccine, we're kind of coming to the end of a pandemic or at the very least the end of more harsh lockdowns. And so to already commit to the entirety of 2021 being simultaneous streaming, that's a really interesting move that if the money is there, this could be the final nail in the coffin for, uh, I guess, big box cinema experiences. Yeah, I think you'll always have your little arts theaters that yeah, I, your I don't full think service it, theaters like your draft houses or your flex it, brew house yeah the amc's and regal are unless they like have a specialty like gone is a city having multiple movie theaters i think because like indianapolis where we are has shit four amc's and that's not counting the re- couple regals and i just don't know how they're all going to survive. Like they might have two North side, South side. That's it. And yeah, it's going to be real interesting to your thing about it being uh, interesting that they're doing this for 2021 with the vaccine. I think that is evidence that everyone should be looking at going. They know they're still, we're going to be dealing with this all next year as people get the vaccine, but it's going to take all next year until enough people are able to get vaccinated to where we're basically like, oh, all, everything's fine. Like, you don't right. have to go out and be worried. Like, we're going to be wearing masks all of 2021. Damn near. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see if Disney will take the same route. And now that they have Disney Plus and that is here to stay and doing a good job doing its own thing, if they'll have their new movies come to Disney Plus a lot sooner than they intended. You know, because, like, I mean, whenever we're able to get another Marvel movie out, even in normal times, I would be interested on in how fast the turnaround would be to get that on Disney+. Plus. But even more so now that the uh, the line has been broken, so to speak. And I think it's only a matter of time before other studios fall suit. And I wonder yeah. where all those movies are going to go. Because they can't all go to HBO Max. They got to go somewhere. Well, they, like, uh, does, does NBC, what's NBC's... Uh, do they have a movie studio? Uh, I don't is it, know. Is Universal NBC? Couldn't tell you. Because, like, they have Peacock. If NBC did it, they could put everything on Peacock, which Peacock's already free, so, like, that would be crazy. <laughs> but I, I just don't... I, I think the bold move from Warner is that they're just on the service if you pay for it. They they saw they saw they had to have seen all the backlash from what Disney did with Mulan, and they were like, "Wait, we can't do that," because <laughs> yeah. that's my fear for Disney is like, "Oh yeah, they're gonna release all these Avengers movies in 2021, but do it to be like if you want to watch it on Disney Plus at release, it's thirty dollars." Which I get why they did that because that you're you're taking into account families watching it. But, like, for me, an individual, I'm not spending $30 to watch a movie. I'll oh, yeah, wait. Not at I'll all. wait till it's free. Like, 
that price tag, especially like when it comes to Mulan and how much of a stink was made about that movie being $30 on Disney Plus, that price tag was entirely dependent upon the idea that this is mom and dad buying a movie to watch with the family. Yeah. Because if you're a family and you go to the theater, you are going to spend more than that just for tickets to get in the door. So the the price was 100% based on that. Uh, and I and I think that's uh, well no I, I I was gonna make a point but no it would actually be even more so uh, basically that was that was a that was a fuck up and Mulan was also a bad movie so they're not <laughs> doing that with Soul when that comes out on Christmas thank God yeah yeah because I, I, I mean honestly to an extent I'd be fine with paying fifteen bucks if I had to to watch the movie at home in my own setup oh oh my God I would have done that before the pandemic if I could just pay 15 bucks to watch it at home bet on some not all um mostly because uh i some movies i still feel you need to see in a theater like tenet i'm kind of pissed that i didn't get to see that in a theater and i feel like if the first time i watch it is at home it's not going to have nearly the same effect as if i'd seen it in a theater yeah, and 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 even if uh, theater companies like AMC or Regal end up going under, and we don't have uh, big marketed theater chains anymore, the blockbuster as a concept is not going to die. Oh no! If anything, they're going to flourish because those movies are going to become even more of events because everyone is going to have to go to a small handful of places to see them. Like, could you imagine if every major blockbuster once again had the kind of viewership that Infinity War or Endgame had? Oh. Like going to Godzilla versus Kong and With having a theater people? packed the size for Endgame. Oh that's, my god! That's like I don't know '80s theater shit. Yeah. Now that that's you know pro and con because it's it's one thing to have poor movie etiquette audiences in an Avengers movie. Well, and Kong versus Godzilla would be the same, but like you know, if Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has that kind of amount of people and people are reacting to the same way they would a stupid action movie, I'd be like, hey, shut the fuck up! I'm trying to watch <laughs> this movie. <laughs> yeah. And and I think unfortunately because of the advent of so many theaters, like you said, we have a lot because we're like for being the Midwest, we're in a major city more or less, and and so like any showing you go to that's not a weekend release, there's almost no one in the theater because you have so many places to go, and going to the theater is kind of expensive. Yeah. So you know even if you go to something like Godzilla versus King Kong, I feel like you're going to be lucky if that theater is at half capacity. And, yeah. and I feel like that's 100%. some magic that has been lost from going to the movies. Because uh, I, I, I want to point out also, like, the, the movies that are slated to come to HBO Max, these are nothing to sneeze at. Because you've oh, got no. movies that are already going to have a following, like The Suicide Squad or Wonder Woman 84. Yep. Uh, even for the kids, they've got big drops, like the new Space Jam or the new Tom and Jerry movie. Neither of which I'm happy about, but they'll be successful. There's a Mortal Kombat movie coming out. <laughs> but then you have huge blockbusters, like Godzilla vs. Kong, like The Matrix 4. Four and like Dune, those are huge releases. Yeah, and I, 
all all three of those. I, maybe not the Matrix Four so much, but definitely Godzilla vs Kong and Dune. Those are one hundred percent movies that I have no issue whatsoever paying a premium to go get the theater experience. If God versus if Godzilla vs Kong drops and I'm still not able to see that movie in IMAX, I will feel like any viewing I have will be a lesser experience because of that. So we're gonna go see that in IMAX, right? I, I mean, if everything is healthy again, sure. Well, it might be at a point, too, where, like, we'd be the only ones going. Because <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for that movie. <laughs> I love the Godzilla movies. I know they're not great, but they're so stupid fun and, well, traditional Godzilla. I The first Godzilla that came out with is kind of boring as shit because it's, like, <laughs> all this stuff about people. And I'm like, I just want to watch Godzilla eat stuff. Yeah. No, I, I think... Kong and King of the Monsters are both actually really good movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Oh. oh. But yeah, it's, I'm just. I'm scrolling through now uh, all, all, everything that's in this list. And there's only. I To your point, there's only a couple that are like huge blockbuster yeah. and, releases. And I, I don't think that even we should ignore the Lin Manuel Miranda in the Heights. Like. It, it's already kind of weird that Disney Plus was able to get the rights for Hamilton, but then the movie version of In the Heights is now going to be on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's weird. And, and I think the success of Hamilton in a different streaming space is going to drive interest in In the Heights, and I think that's cool. Yeah, <clears> I've, I'll be honest. Good for him. I don't know much about it. Didn't even know it was a thing until you said that. But, yep, I see it. <laughs> I see it now. So I think the theater as we know it, this is the end. Like, oh, them yeah. announcing this, this is the first nail in the coffin. And I think if 2021 is going to be the still social distance nightmare that we have come to know it as we wait for a vaccine, other companies are going to follow suit because the the movie companies can't go down with the theater and they will go to streaming before they allow that to happen. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I don't want to be the person working at HBO Max who's got to figure out the profit sharing for all this <laughs> because that shit's going to suck. Yeah. Especially it, it, if it's not an extra fee for the movies. It's just part of the subscription. Like, I bet there's some sort of calculation of, like, they can figure out who watched it and of that person who watched it, X percent of their monthly subscription, the month they watched it, goes to the production and movie company. And I'm like, I oh my god, my head hurts already. <laughs> and I, I'm not sure if either of these movies are going to be very big. I'm going to have to watch the marketing and see. But I think the, the real ones to look out for in regards to how successful this will be are Space Jam and Tom and Jerry. Because... When Trolls 2 dropped at the start of the pandemic, everyone was writing articles about how much money that movie was making, regardless of not having a theater release. Because it's a family movie. And family movies are where the big money is. Like, sure, I'm going to want to watch how many people spend money on Godzilla or Matrix 4. But I think the family movies is what's really going to drive the movement. And if those can still pull off big money, then there is no doubt in my mind that we are going to see more new movies hit streaming services. Well, I think the two, the the biggest one is gonna be is is gonna be Dune. Depending, oh, unless that movie just flops itself, because <laughs> I I don't know. It looks interesting as hell. I haven't read the books, so I don't know. But people love that 
franchise, I guess. I didn't even know it was a thing until I saw the trailer. But yeah, It's pretty prolific sci-fi. Yeah, so like if that movie's good and flops from a financial standpoint, that will be telling going forward. But then like, because Matrix 4... That I don't know. I don't really know who that movie's for. <laughs> Just big picture, not even what we're talking about now. Who's that for? Like old Gen Xers who loved, who grew up with the Matrix. Like, is that who that's for? I, I don't I mean, know. I think it's definitely uh, Hollywood's obsession with the inability to put out an original movie, <laughs> and also a reignited interest in Keanu Reeves as a person. True. 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 I just can't believe, you know what, I can't wait for the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Because the previous live action adaptations have just been so good. <laughs> but, yeah, I, it's gonna I, it's gonna definitely be interesting. I, I'm gonna hate it if it is the true nail in the coffin for movie theaters, because I do, I, I do, that's the one thing I miss the most about 2020 is going to see a movie, honestly. Not the all, yeah. one thing, but it's one of the biggest things I miss. Because, it's just there's something awesome about it, and you just get to yeah. Skate I, I had a subscription a to AMC's A list, so I was still trying to go to the theater pretty regularly. Yeah, granted, I hadn't done so uh, as much with my weird working hours, but uh, I thought for a time that A list and Movie Pass could have saved the movie industry, and then COVID <laughs> happened. And then the one thing that kept anyone from going to a movie theater happened. Yeah, which, you know, I, I got to say, good job on AMC's part in regards to A-List because they were pretty quick to put a hold on my membership and they have not enacted since then an automatic renewal. Like, they're, they're pretty good about updating me on when they intend to restart the memberships and they're like, look, if you don't want this, you have until then to cancel the membership. And I think that's pretty good consumer-wise. It's not something I expected from AMC, so that's yeah. nice at least. Yeah. I just I need I need to make sure there's at least one theater that is open in the area so that I can go see my anime movies. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that that would be a shame. Is if the the big chains go down, then that's less screens to have those weird event movies. Yeah, because like Fathom if all we have left, get hit. if all we have left is your enthusiast theaters, then that's going to be uh, more screens they want to dedicate to the big money, less screens to dedicate to the indies. Yeah, it'd be more like. You know, like I went with some of the, uh, I went and saw the Konosuba movie and that one actually had a lot more screenings than most. But like when we went to go see, uh, I want to eat your pancreas. Like there was only one theater showing that and it had two days and it could go to like, there's a day and there's one showing and it could definitely drastically reduce how many chances you have to see some of these movies that come because most of them aren't. You know, Konosuba, which Konosuba was here for a while. Promere came back again. Um, if we could go to them now, well, it'd still be a little bit probably. But when and if uh, the Demon Slayer movie comes, like those huge appeal movies, yeah, they'll probably find a way to do those. But the smaller ones like A Silent Voice, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, I, I just don't know. I don't know if we get them to come in our area. Maybe you'd have to go to a a bigger city than where we are. And I mean, Indianapolis is already one of the bigger cities from a metric standpoint. So like you'd have like five cities in the damn country that are showing it, which would be a shame. In a perfect world, 
because I have no sympathy for corporations on a good day. Uh, <laughs> I I really can't give less of a shit if AMC and Regal go under. Uh, assuming, in a perfect world, that means that theaters as a business become independent ventures again. And uh, you don't have yeah. an AMC, but you have John's Theater down the street. And uh, and that means, you know, you have big established ones already, like Alamo, or like we have the Flix Brew House. Those could be for your big movies. But then, you know, maybe we have uh, the secondary rise of the independent theater that will probably still show the biggest blockbusters, but would also, you know, because they're a little hipstery, they're in a different part of town, they'll have a few screens. They're not very big screens. The sound quality might not be great, but they'll play your indie movie. And then, you know, uh, or if we have to travel to see an anime movie, then that'll just be more of an event that we can get excited for. We take a mini road trip to go up to Chicago to see Konosuba. Yeah. It would be kind of cool. I know it's like how the Alamos are where you can eat, but kind of like if you take the screen and the viewing experience of it, like the uh, the Keystone Arts Theater, because those are most of those screens there are smaller screens. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a couple, they have like those two big regular size theaters and then the rest are all kind of like, a lot smaller but you get something like that and then you like turn it into combine it with like a microbrewery yeah. where where you don't necessarily like you don't necessarily sit down and order in the theater but you bring in your food and drink into it like you go and get your stuff at the thing before something like that would be cool and i know that's not an original thing because that's essentially like what an alamo draft house is but like you tweak it just a little bit to make it work because yeah. I do think if if it goes, I just don't think an in a small independent cinema would, would survive. Because you'd have to have a dude who's just got a shit ton of money who's like, I want a theater. I right. want to be able to watch movies. So I'm bankrolling this whole thing. So like you have to combine it, I think, with something. But who knows? Maybe, maybe we're overreacting and somehow these theaters <laughs> survive to the end of 2021. But I'm not. I just wish theaters had more personality. Oh yes, I agree with you completely. We did miss out in the golden age of personality cinemas, and we have to live through it from all the uh, like you know '60s through '80s shows and movies where they depict it. (laughs) Yeah, because if anyone's gonna open a business, nobody's opening a theater. Yeah. Yeah, I because I mean, like you said, shit's expensive. They don't make money because they they don't make money on tickets. That's why popcorn's so expensive. Yeah, so it's it's not a good venture for a person to go into, let alone all the equipment you'd have to buy to set it up. Right, but, uh, and it's a damn th- shame because honestly, if I was going to open a business, there'd be two things that I want to open. I would either open a bowling alley or a movie theater. That's all I care about. Right. <laughs> Well, that's just great. But you, you just mentioned two things where all the money that is made off of food and booze. <laughs> that's why I say you combine it with a microbrewery because you could have people out at the brewery and they're like, hey, let's go watch this movie. Yeah. Which Genius. again, if it's, a, if it's a hipster cinema, they're absolutely going to have some fucking craft beers on tap. Well, that's why like uh, the, the AMC over by us had or a lot of AMCs added bars. Because they're like, hey, people want to drink when they're watching a movie. Why do we not have bars or little yeah. bars to buy alcohol? And they uh, they have themed drinks for the big blockbusters, too. It's nice. <laughs> I spent right? $8 on a Thanos-themed cocktail for Infinity War. That's probably cheap, <laughs> to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> it was good. Well, 
do we want to tr- approach this last topic a bit? No, we should probably go ahead and cut it because okay. I gotta eat dinner. Fair. Um, but so yeah, wh- so the the game awards are Thursday, December tenth, and uh, whenever we record another podcast, we will probably do at least a little bit of an overview of that. Uh, it'll probably be a better conversation than us saying we haven't played half of these games anyway. Well, who knows? By then, I got a week. I've played Hades. That's a big one. I I might try to play Ghost of Tsushima. And then I feel like I've played the big ones. Ah, I mean, you got to play the Final Fantasy VII remake. No. <laughs> it's not no, made for I, Game of the Year, Hayden. No, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that, that'll do it for us this week. Yep. Uh, so look forward to that next week along with uh, anything else that's going to get thrown at us. Hey, maybe by then another movie company will announce that it's dropping its movies on the stream and we can talk about this again. Hey, that'd be dope, but I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we will see you next week. Yeah, bye-bye.